Well, howdy, Hootie Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootie Thunkin' Podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode 134. Yep, I'm back. If you are hearing this, uh, then you are listening, you're still listening to the Hootie Thunkin' Podcast after a two-week break. You know, they say podcasts that miss release dates, regardless of the reason, suffer by losing their listeners. I got married, and because I hugged, you know, like 150 people during my wedding, I got COVID and felt awful. Uh, those two reasons, and because my voice was practically gone all last week, are why I skipped two weeks in a row. Sorry, Huda Thunkers, but we are back, okay? Starting with this week's recommendation segment, this week I recommend you watch Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. I know there aren't many people that have Apple TV, but this show is worth checking out, at least the first season anyway. I haven't really started. We got a little bit into season two, and it felt a little bit different, but anyway, season one is worth watching. Uh, but during my wife and I's time quarantined, self-quarantining off from the rest of the world for the last eight days, we found some cool shows. I hit play on Ted Lasso, not thinking much of it, except, you know, I like the main actor, Jason Sudeikis. I was pleasantly surprised to find this is a very good, good feely show to enjoy. You know, you know, if you watch Breaking Bad, you're not watching that to feel good or happy or or get a whole ton of laughs. It's more of a drama that keeps you, you know, thrilled um, and stuff like that. You don't watch Game of Thrones to, to necessarily feel good. You get it to feel excited and, and to hear a good story. This is a good feely show. The main character, the main actor, Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sudeikis is one of the most lovable, kind characters who makes some really good, feel feely good things happen. Um, it's kind of like, mm, trying to think of a good example, like Parks and Recreation. If you watch Parks and Recreation, it's not a thriller. It's a, it's a drama series. It's a, it's a situational comedy. It's a sitcom that makes you feel good because the characters are happy and people are happy. So when you're done watching, you're happy. Ted Lasso is like that, especially during COVID. It was really a welcomed little tidbit there here's the plot an american football coach is hired to manage a british soccer team what he lacks in knowledge he makes up for in optimism determination and biscuits jason sudeikis usually plays a raunchy character very pessimistic character for many of his more popular roles like horrible bosses and we're the millers but for ted lasso he's a super kind and lovable character the show made the depressing reality of quarantining a little bit better and i wanted to share it with you guys so check it out ted lasso season one so far, the jury's still out on season two. I don't know. They introduced some characters I was not a fan of, uh, but it's good. It's good. Now for the main event, traveling can be fun. Uh, it's kind of funny. I wrote wrote the first couple of paragraphs of this like three weeks ago, <laughs> but I just started. I just finished it, you know, moments ago. Traveling can be fun, uh, or it can be a nightmare, or both. But when arriving at Denver, Colorado, via airplane, the gazes of travelers inevitably fall on a giant statue that, I don't, that not only appears as if it was uh, trotted right out of a nightmare, but it has the backstory suggesting it is cursed. This is the tale of art, tragedy, and conspiracy theories. This episode is titled, Blucifer. And you'll hear why. The gigantic statue of a blue horse with red glowing eyes standing on its hind legs outside of Denver's International Airport has the official moniker of Blue Mustang, but everyone calls it Blucifer. Weighing in at 9,000 pounds, the 32-foot-tall fiberglass sculpture was initially designed to capture the feel of the American Wild West. With bulging veins and articulate muscles, 
Luis Jimenez, the artist behind the sculpture, felt that this horse would represent the power and freedom of the American Mustang. Now, just those those numbers thrown at you, 9,000 pounds, 32 feet tall. It is amazing to look at. I've been looking at pictures of it. I would love to go stand next to this thing as like a touristy thing. I think it'd be cool. Never been to Colorado. I'm sure I'd love it. The airport wanted to get a tourist attraction right near the airport proper property for people to pull off the road and take a picture with it. They started looking around for sculptors in 1993, but the statue wouldn't be erected for another 15 years due to all sorts of problems. There were airport security concerns and legal issues. Yeah, Luis Jimenez, the sculptor, uh, was paid $165,000 up front and promised to pay another $135,000 once the job was finished, totaling into $300,000. But Jimenez kept missing deadline after deadline, so the city filed a lawsuit against him to try and get their money back. The lawsuit bared no fruit for the city of Denver, and they would eventually pay the sculptor team a total of $650,000 before it was all said and done. Some conspiracy theorists suggest this sort of deal was as if the city of Denver had made a deal with the devil. You hear that? There's a lot of conspiracies about this airport, about Lucifer, the statue out front. And, and they're, a lot of them are quite weird. Um, but it, it does... They're, they're not, they don't come out of nothing. This airport is weird, has a lot of weird facts behind it. And of course, people's minds, conspiratorial minds, try to fill in those gaps of, wh of why that is a fact. Like, why did, it, why did the city agree to pay $300,000 end up paying $650,000 and lose the lawsuit to, to people who, it's their fault, they missed the deadline? Uh, well, that's a weird fact that that happened that the city ended up paying over double what they agreed to after missing deadlines and delays and stuff. But it doesn't mean it's a satanic deal, <laughs> deal with the devil. But that's, that's how conspiracy theorists usually think. Anyway, one of the main reasons for delays was the death of Luis Jimenez himself in 2006. After a sad loss of life, um, it, it was a sad loss of life, but it's not unheard of as he was 65 at the time of his death. It happens at that age, you know, mortality is a little bit more close around the corner but Luis didn't die of a heart attack or a stroke as you, one might think is the most common causes of death he died he died while working on the sculpture of his in his own workshop a large section of the 30 foot tall 9,000 pound sculpture fell onto the creator's leg crushing it and severing an artery the piece of his own artwork pinned Luis against a steel support beam as he bled out so that's a horrible way to die um, nothing here says, you know, if he was conscious, how he was found or anything. Usually details of, of, of grisly death is usually kept, um, just to respect, just to respect the dead. But we know that a piece of his artwork, really heavy artwork fell, crushed his leg, severed an artery. He was pinned up against a, a steel beam. And then, yeah, that's how he died. He bled out. After his death, the sculptor uh, would be the sculpture would be finished by Luis's sons. The uh, finished pr product would never be seen by its creator. So yeah, it that's a tragic thing to happen. And when something like that happens, people think, why? Why would that happen? Well, most likely coincidence. But like I said, conspiracy theorists, you know, he was cursed because he created this cursed thing or whatever. So. Interesting, but we're not done with the conspiracies. There's so many more to this place and this sculpture. Luis Jimenez didn't just create Lucifer. Um, he is a well-known artist that has worked feature has worked featured in the Smithsonian. Before he finished Lucifer, Luis 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 
created a couple of other horse sculptures so he could get a better feel for the larger piece. They look almost like replicas. They're, you know, almost exact copies of Lucifer, but instead of 32 foot tall, they're like three feet tall. Um, and there's some pictures here of, of Luis Jimenez with these smaller sculptures next to an unfinished version of Lucifer. And boy, would that not, wouldn't that be cool? Um, just to have one of those little ones. Cause the, this thing does look cool. It looks so radical, so metal. Um, and it's like bright, bright blue, beautiful shade of blue, these red eyes. It's so cool. And I bet these little, um, I couldn't find anything online if they're where they are, what they're for, but I bet they're worth a pretty penny since the, the fame that surrounds actual Blucifer. If you can get the, uh, the replicas that the original artist made of the, of Blucifer, uh, yeah, I bet they'd be worth a lot of money. One of the most fascinating stories behind Blucifer's creation was Louise. Uh, choice to pick the color blue for this massive sculpture. Legend has it that roaming around Colorado's vast San Luis uh, Valley, San Luis, San Luis Valley, is a powerful wild Mustang leading a herd of wild horses, still untamed by man, and he is a bright blue with a red with red glowing eyes. That's this legendary Mustang. They say this blue wild Mustang can always find water and grass for his herd. Besides the color of his coat and eyes, this Mustang doesn't seem too mythical. But then there's the fact that he can supposedly fly. Pretty cool. But that is why Louis chose the, the color blue for his fiberglass sculpture and gave it red eyes. A flying wild legendary Mustang is the perfect mascot for an airport based out of Colorado known as, you know, the Denver, Colorado, the Broncos, you know, big deal. Pretty cool. And it looks like a mascot for the Broncos, the NFL team, the Denver Broncos. The eyes of Lucifer actually glow, and that is a tribute to Jimenez's father, who owned a neon sign shop. That legendary Broncos had blue blue fur and red eyes, but they didn't necessarily glow as much as Lucifer's actual eyes glow, and boy do they glow. Um, like I said, he it was it was a tribute to his father who owned a neon sign shop, and when Louis, Louis was a young boy, he would spend time in his dad's sign shop and was fascinated by the glow of the neon. Um, they, you know, they think it might have even sparked his early artist, or young artist. Uh, through that early fascination and the love of his father, he made Lucifer's eyes actually glow a brilliant, beautiful red. And like I said, check out, just, just Google Belucifer, B-L-U-C-I-F-E-R, or, you know, Blue Mustang of Denver, whatever. You will see this gorgeous statue. And then look at people standing next to its legs, and they, they barely come up to its ankles. It's 32 feet tall. It's huge. I personally think Belucifer looks badass. I love it, and so do many people. But there are also cities, or <laughs> there are also critics out there. Some believe that the sculpture that caused the death of its creator should not be displayed and that displaying it even disres is disrespectful. Um, that actually sort of made me laugh, that idea, <laughs> because any artist who dies doing what they love, creating art, would be livid if they found out the piece that they gave their life for, you know, would wound up being destroyed or worse, collecting dust in a basement somewhere. Plus, Luis's sons finished the piece. No one is disrespected by this thing, at least not by Luis's death. You know what I mean? His sons made it, so Luis's family isn't upset. They're, I'm sure they're happy that they're that they're you know Luis's uh, sons were able to finish this for him. So that's a weird critique. I don't know where that's. I get what it's coming from. You know, the guy died making it, but if anything, that makes it even more respectful to put it up. Other people don't like how the horse's genitalia is not omitted from the piece. 
She got the a big old horse thong and, and, and a big old horse nuts hanging from the statue. And I get why that <laughs> you might be like, eh. but you know, Michelangelo's David has full set of genit- genitalia. It's created it's considered one of the greatest pieces of art. And I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be weird to take to keep the genitalia off the horse. I mean, don't make it the main centerpiece, just make it relatively anatomically correct. And, you know, that's what horses look like. <laughs> I think it's weird. It's a horse. Horses have genitalia. Simple as that. Grow up, people. I mean, just don't look at it. I don't know what to say. That It's a horse. Anyway, the statue is officially called Mustang or Blue Mustang, but nicknames like Blucifer, like I like to call it, or Satan's Stallion, or Denver's Demon Mustang, or Diablo, were all created to give the statue a negative persona. I think it just makes the statue even more badass. So, you know, you make your opinion on that. But I I think the nicknames are even cooler than Blue Mustang, which is pretty boring. Poor Blucifer, he he gets a bad rap. It's an amazing work of art, and I think it should be celebrated even more than it already is because it captures the spirit of Colorado so well. You know, you got the Denver Broncos, you got this big old blue Bronco. It's cool. But considering all the conspiracies surrounding the airport, it represents Bluey uh, was bound to get some bad rep. Not only was Blucifer, has Blucifer got the conspiracy theorists all riled up about satanic rituals and whatnot, but there are tons of conspiracy theories uh, surrounding this airport itself, and it all started with the construction. Massive delays of 16 months and $4.8 billion price tag, $2 billion over budget, led people to think that something was going on that they didn't know about. You know, where is all that extra cash going? Is it a big laundering scheme? Are they building an underground bunker? My guess is that all that money went to human mistakes. You, I mean, I know, I know $2 billion is a lot, and I'm not a budget person, but, you know, don't underestimate <laughs> humans' abilities to screw things up and to make it cost a lot of money. So <laughs> I do think it's as simple as that. That's where all the extra money went. It also is the largest airport in the United States for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's, it's nearly double the size of the second largest airport. And that is, you know, sort of strange considering Denver is the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the continental U.S. It's not near some large seaport um, like New York or L.A. It's not the entertainment capital of the United States like Vegas. Um, it kind of does make no sense that it's that large. But who knows? Maybe they're just planning for the future. So many cities have airports that when they're built, let's say they were built in the 1970s or something, and by now they're too small. They need to be made larger because population growth and everything. Maybe Denver was just thinking ahead. Who knows? Then there was a former construction worker who claimed that there were five multi-level buildings beneath the airport for an unknown purpose. So that sort of leads people to believe, okay, yeah, maybe there is some kind of weird bunker going on down there. And that's not it. Not just the construction. If that's not enough, there's also super creepy murals on the walls that some people claim depict an apocalyptic scenario in which the new world order is taking over the modern world. Now, sounds odd, but if you look at the blog that I have here, <laughs> those images definitely are weird. There's like, there's a dude wearing what almost looks like a Nazi outfit, wielding what looks like an AK <laughs> with a bayonet on it, and in one hand, in the other hand, he's holding like a Middle Eastern scimitar, and he's wearing a gas mask, and he's trying to climb up these like destroyed buildings behind him it looks like there's a like a a weeping mother angel person with a baby in hand 
who and the baby looks like it's dead I, it's it's really messed up these murals are screwed up and you know that the nazi scimitar guy is basically shanking a, the dove of dove of peace it's and he all of it behind every all of it is a rainbow <laughs> what i what i just described sounds like i'm insane but if you look at it it is accurate and it's on the walls of the denver international airport so i if nothing else i do got to give the conspiracy theorists credit because <laughs> these murals are freaking weird however art's weird and sometimes the way artists are depict their their art their mind is comes off as weird to other people it's cooler to look at these these weird murals of <laughs> scimitar wielding dove killing soldier people than it is to just stare at another beige wall. So I get that, but yeah, I, I can see how people think these are weird. These fears have also stemmed from the airport's de dedicate dedication stone displaying a Masonic symbol and giving thanks to the quote New World Airport Commission for their support in funding the project. Is something strange happening at Denver? Uh, international airport probably not but maybe <laughs> that's what here's another mural you got a scots you have like basically every kind of culture not every but a lot of different cultures of the world you have scottish people looks like there's an african-american people there's uh looks like i don't know dutch people dutch people there's a chinese lady there's uh, wolves there's whales there's uh <laughs> siberian tigers and they're all just sort of chilling around this fly flower <laughs> Sounds crazy, but that's what the murals look like. Nothing has made me want to visit Colorado more than knowing it is the base of some new world order conspiracy. I want to go to this airport really bad. Um, there's one one friend out there who, if he just heard that, is probably a little disrespected. I do have a buddy who lives in Colorado who just got married a month before my own wedding, and I would have loved to have been there for it. Uh, but, you know, the dingus listed an Airbnb in the reception for us to, to be staying at. It's also the reception. It says it sleeps 32 people on his website. When I went to Airbnb, it said it sleeps 17. So that was sketchy. <laughs> Plus, he suggested us guests fly into Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is a six-hour drive by rental car to the venue. Some quick Googling, I found out there's an airport 20 minutes away from the venue. So too many dingus variables going on with that wedding but i wish him and his new partner all the best of luck in their lives anyway <laughs> this little tangent on the only other thing in my life that has to do with colorado so what do you think though Huda thunkers is the denver international airport a secret bunker for the, the the world's elites to hide in when the apocalypse hits so they can emerge as the new world order wielding ak's and scimitars and killing doves of peace with rainbows behind them and is Lucifer the satanic symbol to represent that new world order? Hmm? Hmm? I, I, I ask you, what do you think? Or is it just a badass piece of art by a great artist who tragically died working on his own creation? And the International Airport has some weird coincidences going on. I don't know. It's up to you. I do have a couple uh, images on the blog. Like I said, Lucifer is one of the coolest statues I've seen. So check that out. Also have a... a <laughs> It's like a three minute long video of these ladies from Denver International Airport staff going like, check out this statue. Isn't it so pretty? And meanwhile, it does look kind of satanic. It looks pretty scary. So <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Who to Thunkers until next week. And thank once again, thanks for staying sticking with me after a two week hiatus. I am back. And this was a, a little ditty of an episode. I've got I've got tons and tons of subjects, topics for the next many, many weeks. So. Stay tuned.